Can you see all right? <laughs> it's funny. We have all this branding with our glasses on and now we're not wearing glasses and we're going to be like, I thought about that. I was what like, was the question? Oh my God. I'm probably going to put on my, I'm probably going to put on my glasses. The glasses make you look smarter, Janet. I know. One of us right? has got to be the smart one. Yeah. Put on the glasses. Put on the glasses. Okay. All right. So here we are. Here we are. Hi, thanks for joining us on Reflect Recalibrate. Woo woo. <laughs> We're so happy you're here. Remember to tell your friends, your family, and your foes, yes, your foes, that they too can learn about artivists and artivism by subscribing to RFC anywhere they listen to podcasts. They can also watch and subscribe on YouTube at Reflect Calibrate the Podcast. Well, I think that's that. Now let's get into it. Here we are. Here we are. Happy February. I know, right? Happy to the rest of 2021. Oh Lord, <laughs> happy to the rest of 20. You know, I'm. I was just like, it's already February. You know, like it's it's already February. How how does this happen? Like what? But anyhow, we have to we have to introduce ourselves. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you, Janet? <laughs> Well, I'm Janet E. Dandridge. And I'm Danny Snyder. Welcome everyone to Reflect, Recalibrate. So um, yeah, it's February. It's February. It's already February. I can't even believe it. <laughs> I can. I'm ready for 2020 to be over. I'm totally, <laughs> I can believe it. <laughs> wait, wait, you're ready for 2021 to be over already? <laughs> nah, not really. Not really. Actually, I am excited about things coming up. I'm, I'm excited about this podcast, for example. Yes, yes, yes. We've yes. been working very hard on this. So I'm, I'm very much excited for this day. Yes. <laughs> because we have a goddess with us today. We do. We do. But before, we, before we, we bring this goddess into the space, I wanted to chat real quick about something that you brought up, Danny, uh, online. It was something I saw and something that I've heard in the news but this major piece of legislation about mm, private mm -hmm, prisons. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm, can mm -hmm. you like, because this is your field, like this is your area of expertise. This is what you've been working mm -hmm, on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of the many things you've been working on. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious, mm -hmm. like, what is this legislation? Like, what, what does it mean? You know, cause I don't want to say anything because you know, I'm not well-versed in it. I'm aware, but I need to hear from the expert, Danny. Oh gosh, that's a lot of pressure, the expert. So, and this is the thing is like, I'm an expert in making art, but not necessarily an expert in making legislation. <laughs> and I'm learning more about what exactly is like uh, the process, I should say. What's basically happening is that Biden has ordered the Department of Justice to end its private prison contracts. And there's still so much more to do in the realm of prison abolition. Mm -hmm. which if you don't know what prison abolition is, go check out our glossary. It doesn't just mean letting prisoners go free into the wild. <laughs> it means actually building a, re a rehabilitative system, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's still so much more to do in the realm of prison abolition, but this is a big step. This is a big deal that we are ending private prison contracts and that again, it's just a small part of the prison population, right? but still a big deal. So yeah. 
if you don't know much about the prison industrial complex, I think that's actually something we're going to probably talk about in our next episode, but I don't want to give too many spoiler alerts yet, but that is something that I definitely want to be talking about in this podcast. Cause again, like you said, Janet, it's something that's very near and dear to me. Uh, I yeah. used to teach in juvenile detention centers. And I also wrote a book about artivism in Washington, DC that is trying to abolish prisons. When I made a post on Instagram, which I'm guessing that's what made you think like, oh, we should yeah. bring this up because this just happened. And I'm very particular about when I make political posts like this, where this wasn't a piece of art. This was just me saying like, fuck yeah, we're getting rid of fucking private prisons. That's pretty much <laughs> what the post was. I was surprised by how many people responded to me, mostly in private message, actually not on commenting actually on the post, which I find interesting mm. too. Interesting. Uh, that they're nervous to comment on the actual post that they'd rather send me a private message, which huh. is fine, which is fine. Yeah. At, least, at least there's some dialogue. We're sparking some dialogue, right? Yeah, so exactly. yeah, some of the people contacting me who were surprised that they either didn't know that this was a thing, that there was such a thing as private prisons and what mm-hmm. that means, right? Um, or why this was such a big deal right it's crazy that privatization has happened within the prisons i mean it's logical in terms of understanding the history of this country but it's crazy that it's like hey you know if it's privatized they're going to have incentives you know related to money to greed to bring in as many prisoners as possible so right Mm -hmm. now with this legislation that President Biden um, has signed off on, I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Um, It makes perfect sense in terms of, you know, understanding that humans are humans and not just objects that are just supposed to be Mm -hmm. misused for profit. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what actually comes of this and what else comes of the prison um, abolition advocacy. It's one more thing that I want to talk about because it is February, it is Black History Month. And um, today, I think the screening of um, Judas and the Black Messiah, I believe is the name of the movie by Shaka King is premiering Mm -hmm. at Sundance. And that's about uh, Fred Hampton and William O'Neill. William O'Neill is the FBI, uh, basically he's the person they planted within the Black Panther Party to get close to Fred Hampton so that he could you know, infiltrate um, and get information on Mr. Hampton. And that's what led to his assassination um, by the FBI, COINTELPRO and all of everything that was happening at that time in terms of getting rid of the Black Panther Party. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing (laughs) or watching this movie because I'm just curious, you know, from what I understand, uh, the humanizing um, of William O'Neill, you know, as as opposed to the villainizing, you know, like, you know, him being a villain, you know, being this Black man who infiltrated the Black Panther Party and assisted in Fred Hampton getting murdered. Um, However, he is a human being who was in a position within his life where he had to make tough choices from what I understand in listening to uh, Shaka King talk about this movie that he directed. So that's something I'm interested in and I'm going to be watching, you know, especially since it's Black History Month. Now I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to be taking notes, looking at my phone, just typing in things that you know we need to make sure we have in the uh, dictionary yeah, on our landing page. Yes, glossary. and uh, we have another name for it, but I want people to go there and check it out, and then they'll see the name and they'll be like, "Oh, this is so much fun!" Oh, that's right, that's but, right. But yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Informative so and entertaining. Informative and entertaining. <laughs> so yeah. Um, with that being said informative and entertaining thinking about the goddess we have here who is this goddess janet who is this goddess oh my god where are you lily floor come to us please lily floor lily floor she is a Creative cultural architect. I love that. A creative cultural architect that's always showing people and communities what's possible, helping folks to see the best versions of themselves through art, design, healing, spirituality, and the preservation and celebration of their own cultural assets. So basically, in short, she's a multidimensional hybrid visionary diosa, chingona, Badass goddess. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Actually, my friend helped write that. <laughs> Just I love it. They did a wonderful job. They did a wonderful job. Yeah. It was a collective process. Talk- yes. Y'all did a wonderful job. Y'all did a wonderful job. <laughs> I would like to read a little bit more here just to give people an introduction to your art because you're you do a bunch of different stuff and work with a bunch Mm -hmm. of different materials. So your fine art, your murals, your mixed media, all of it from what I've seen, and I know Janet will agree with this, is absolutely breathtaking. You use so many different mediums like aerosol, acrylics, stencils, Sharpie ink, pastels. I don't even know what this is. And maybe one of you guys could explain to me paper, a, a model, a made of? Amate. 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 I don't even know. Amate. That? <laughs> it, it's, it's a paper, thin in, uh, it's an old paper. It's, uh, it's uh, used for sacred writings and um, in Mesoamerica. Is it, is so, it's fiber based, right? It's fiber based, yes. Yeah. Oh. It's so just paper in it, so I did mix it. Yeah, I've, I've done work with that, and actually, I have some stuff, and you know, I always like pull it out and just use it when I do mixed media media work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You also use printing, you use found objects, you upcycle materials, so lots of stuff. And then also mm-hmm. beyond just being an artist, you're also a teaching artist. You do guest lectures again, using art as a tool for education, cultural awareness civic engagement that's the main thing we really want to get into but also healing and that yes. i think goes to civic engagement of course well, i say of course maybe our mm-hmm. listeners are like wait huh what and we can get into that later mm-hmm. so i'm super excited about you dropping some knowledge on us today some of this, these very diverse experiences that you've had with art culture everything and so to and so start off chatting with <laughs> Lily Floor. <laughs> Let's see. In your utopia, Lily Floor, there would be. In your utopia, there would be what? Or who? Oh, or in my utopia. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, wow. In my utopia, there'd be a lot of things. I I don't want to like be really. Um, 
my utopia. My utopia is pretty nasty. Nasty good. But about my utopia. But my actual utopia would be that, of course, that we live in a, a that we would and uh, we would transcend into a, an eco-friendly environment throughout the world and that we have sustainable living for all human beings, you know, and that we definitely have equality throughout the globe. And I'm not just talking about the United States, I'm talking um, throughout the, uh, the earth, you know, and every continent that exists on this planet, you know, um, if there was a utopia. And if there was a utopia, I'd give everybody acid or some peyote and you know, <laughs> some, some, some kind of introspective work so that, you know, we could elevate our consciousness to better living situations and treat ourselves, uh, treat each other with, um, with the good hearts, you know, and, and, and eliminate a lot of the ills that we see right now in society. If that was a utopia. <laughs> that was, yeah, no, that's, that sounds mm. wonderful to me. That sounds excellent. And, and eat every day. <laughs> like yeah exactly like you know i love that too we sent we sent lily lily for a list of questions before oh, no. our first podcast and one of them uh -huh. was like what do you like to do in your free time she was like oh for leisure i like to smoke weed jk i'm like yeah jk of course no, who, who likes to smoke weed in their free time all right just oust me right no! oh no oh no all good. All good. All good. it is what it's all natural you know and i believe it's a healing medicine and my mom grew it to make medicine and so i learned how to do traditional medicine with it too so yeah. Hey, if it helps people, it's either that or you're on Prozac on some kind of like um, medicines, you know, to be able to cope with life, you know, and it shouldn't be a crutch like anything in life, but it's a beautiful thing. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it actually connects to what you said in your utopia. That's why, you know, um, Danny brought that up and it connects to something else that we both were interested in that you speak of uh, on your website, which, you know, I'm aware of, but I would love for people to understand more of it. And I don't want to say this incorrectly. So please uh, correct my pronunciation of this. Um, the Nachual cosmology. Nawata cosmology. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I know we're both interested in the Nawata cosmology aesthetic mm -hmm. experimentation. And we want to chat about that. Can you elaborate on the influences, um, you know, in your indigenous roots um, and how you use art specifically for healing and social change through this? Now, what lens? Nawata cosmology. Nawata. Nawata. Now what? 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 So yes, so um, my influence is in Anahuac cosmology and um, creation stories, of course, and these creation stories have, have, have teachings, you know, and so I integrate that into my work because um, that's, I want to honor my ancestors through, through my work as well, either, either um, 
uh, I, I like to do it like what to say ubiquitously, you know, you kind of put it in there and you it's, it's there, you see it or you don't, but energetically mm. is there, right? Mm-hmm. And the intention is there. Um, now, now what cosmology has been an influence on me, um, uh, growing into myself and into adulthood from, you know, my beginnings into a- activism and organizing and then eventually of course integrating that into my artwork and taking that to the next thing and then eventually through time I started uh, I met you know some professors at school at East LA College one of her amazing curator and artist Sybil Vinegas um She's amazing if you ever look up her work uh, mm-hmm. in, in writing about art and art and culture. So I took one of her classes and I was just like, okay, oh my God, like this is my culture, right? And then I was mm-hmm. like, um, where's the sweat lodge? Like, you know, what is it? <laughs> Where can I go? Was it the Mesca? You know, really, that's really where my curiosity went to the next thing. And it was my um, early 20s. And I remember just being really curious. So then I definitely read about it, studied uh, some of the codices and um, the meaning behind it and studied the Tonal Poali with Oropesa Ramirez, also an amazing maestra from UCLA. Um, she taught uh, Mesoamerican uh, cosmology and Tonal Poali, which is the sun the sun calendar, which you know as the Aztec calendar. Mm-hmm. So I studied that with her in World Arts and Cultural uh, Department in, in UCLA. And so just these people, I just kept meeting along the way and just being nourished with that knowledge. And it really inspired me to, to for some of my paintings. And if you look at some of my paintings, they actually have some of those stories in there or some of the depictions of the actual hieroglyphs and symbols of the Nahuatl and Mesoamerican cosmology within them. So that's, and also, of course, if you ever get to read uh, Mexico Profundo with Guillermo Buenfil, uh, amazing uh, writer. Uh, also, if that's just you're living in Mexico City, that's an amazing book to read. Um, some also Aztec thought and culture. Um, and just different books throughout the, throughout my lifetime from actual um, people who have studied it, or master master authors, philosophers, and you know uh, culturalists. And so that's been my influence. And then of course because I grew up in in, in a in a family that uh, integrated uh, Catholic Catholicism with. Um, Mexica or Aztec culture so it's like integrated right because Mm -hmm. of colonization and so just kind of deciphering the religious part into what I want what I felt that was needed to bring up you know to to highlight because it's in there and so I wanted to really bring that forth so that's that's the inspiration. Mm. Mm. I I love this idea that it's embedded in the art and even if we don't maybe know it or understand it or recognize the symbols that we there's a certain energy that it provides and I guess I'm wondering like how is that been effective in your objectives as an artist activist for example or like in trying to heal or transform your communities oh well results or different experiences with people like um 
for example, when I've done murals, then I've done the compositions and painted them. And just like when you actually paint murals, it's an interactive um, art process. You know, it's kind of like I tell people, it's like a concert, you know, you're outside <laughs> and people drive by, they stop or some people like stop and want to have a conversation. So then I start telling the story and I say, this is a symbol. This is an unangpu, you know, this is means, you know, this and that. And then I just tell the story and I point out the symbols. So it's a teaching moment. So then that's where dialogue, conversation and civic engagement and healing process begins with the people that I'm servicing or the places where I'm painting the communities. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the experiences. I mean, you have people come sometimes they'll come and I sort of they've done it like they brought their little fold out chair, sat down and they brought me coffee, donuts, oh. whatever I drinks, whatever. And they sit down, they just watch me paint. And like I'm like, this is wow. really cool. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, you're, you have these interactions and you share stories and they start sharing stories. Oh yeah. Well, I recognize that. Oh, my mom told me this story. Oh, I remember my grandmother or, you know, depending, you know, what the image is. So there's been that kind of thing. Like when I did um, have one, a piece called El Remedio, which is uh, from a piece that actually uh, a photograph I took of my mom uh, putting on the remedy, uh, like I said, the, the cannabis remedy, actually mm -hmm. traditional ones, just she was pouring on her knees. And I said, oh, I want to take a picture. My mom said, just don't take my picture in my face. I was like, all right. So I said, <laughs> I'm going to do it because I'm going to use it as reference to do this painting. So I did and I did this painting and I put in that medicine and people are like, oh my God, that reminds me of my grandmother. My grandmother used to do that medicine. And, and so that's the kind of like, uh like like reactions or conversations that I've gotten from from creating pieces like this and I've actually had also people come and they've cried like uh when I did mm. uh Mujeres de Juarez I did a Mujeres de Juarez the women that have been uh are currently still being murdered at the border in uh of El Paso in Juarez um Unsolved Mysteries right so I did this piece and this lady's like, oh my God, like, this is so beautiful. She's a Christ. She's I just, you know, just, she said the color pink kind of did something for her, the crosses and everything that I did on it. And so those are the kind of reactions that I've had. Wow. Wow. I have a, a follow-up question again, but Janet, let me know if, if you have a follow-up question too. I don't want to hog Lily floor. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It's all good. What I'm wondering is, um, I, I love the idea of, I, I, I feel kind of naive. Like I, I forgot that making murals, for example, or making pieces outside of a studio and also within a studio, but like out in public is a very interactive process actually. Mm -hmm. Like I forgot that it's interactive with, with pedestrians, with the community. And I'm wondering, I, I love that there's dialogue happening there in the creative process. And I'm wondering how do you maybe continue and monitor dialogue beyond like once the piece is finished how do you like I'm sure people still walk by right and it sparks conversation right which is we can't really monitor that that easily but I don't know if there's any tools or things that you've tried as far as to keep the conversation going and to keep being a part of the conversation Oh, that's interesting that you say that. Um, well, I haven't per se organized anything or I'm going to continue the conversation or anything like that. It's just either people have tagged me or like, oh, I've been there or I've seen write-ups with my work. 
that I didn't get credited for, by the way. But anyway, wow. like, yeah. So like, but because that brought on conversation, you know, like, um, like, for example, when I did the Tonan scene with the Koyo Shauki, um, I did a mural and someone did an article and then currently somebody else, I just posted an article too, that they actually didn't uh, cite me, but it's okay. It's, it's for conversation. The pieces are for conversation. Right. Um, and eventually I find them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, you, and then also have, for example, the Koyo Shauki piece that I did in Lincoln Heights the mural and it was a private commission with with uh with a friend of mine Brenda Chavez and she actually did a poetry night in front of the the mural and did this whole thing around the mural for conversation and and to talk about the importance of what uh the significance of her commission uh that she she had me do in her home and so it's really and she also did a ceremony in front of the 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 virgen the tonantzin and had Aztec dancers and she had a poetry reading and this whole like beautiful thing that she did so that's how one to follow up another follow-up was like uh, another piece that i did at casa one theater i did a civic engagement project with the california consul um and so the the bike riders the critical one of the critical mass bike uh bike groups they came through and they were doing bike rides through different murals and I met up with them at both the murals actually and so they actually was all about conversation about those pieces so that's how it's honored you know the work afterwards and so Mm -hmm. other people are doing it and I join in whenever I can and then you know it's always that's the that's the way I I don't know if that answers your question (laughs) yeah no totally and I feel dumb for a second I forgot like oh yeah of course people couldn't tag you on photos right hopefully they yeah. do right yeah so do you want to talk a little bit about social media and about how you use social media in your art activism and in your community healing um well currently like i am i've been in the last year of quarantining is learning how to catch up with the new millennials <laughs> like <laughs> and, and how to like navigate through a new way of interacting with people with art right and so just really and I had it in the beginning really it was like a shock it was like boom you're done like no more art residencies no more gigs you know so everything was like boom falling off you know like domino effect right and it was a really hard time for me and I was just in shock pretty much for the first month and then I had to shake it off and then really um, do some reflecting on how I'm going to navigate this. You know, I, I kept fighting, um, being on social media, being how having a Zoom account, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things. I kind of just sort of did, but I didn't really navigate them through my art per se. I mean, I got an, an Instagram, like, I don't know, late in the game. I got an FB later in the game. I mean, I even had a cell phone way after when I started going to school because I had to, and I was so anti, like, I don't want to get, you know, they want to get a hold of me. They could just call me on my landline. I had a landline, by the way, so like 2010. And so, um, <laughs> so I actually, no, 2014, I had a landline. And then, yeah, I did. It's okay, and Janet still has one. Go. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I resisted technology a lot. So this this time around, this last year, I had to reflect a lot on like how I want to navigate uh, my art and how I want how I'm going to 
to also be able to sustain myself as an artist, right? And uh, how I see myself, not only in five years, but in 20 years from now, how does that look for me, you know? Um, because as artists, we don't have uh, retirement plans, dependent artists, right? We don't have like retirement plans. We don't have a 401k. We don't have those kinds of things. So really looking into, into that, how do I create abundance in that realm? What do I, how do I see myself having some uh, place that's sustainable long-term work could really nest as opposed to in my studio right now it's great right now i am fortunate to have a great rent and a great um landlord that's a blessing but i don't own it and so how do i mm -hmm. create ownership in the future for myself right because we yeah. fix up a place and then we get gentrified and pushed out exactly so so I don't want to continue that cycle. And so all these things, right? So it's like all this constant, you know, like how I'm going to navigate for the next 20 years. So this time actually really um, it gave me a chance to really look into myself, uh, not only in that aspect of my, my career, but also in my own life at home with my family and also with myself and in my own spirit. Like, how do I want to navigate that? So I really went into deep prayer, you know, um, and, and, and it's not a religious prayer, but a, a spiritual prayer, you know, and mm -hmm. did my yoga meditations, you know, affirmations and really, really prayed on like, what is it that I'm going to do? So then I really uh, put it out there and, and um, just was doing a lot of self work. I, I read eight books in this last year that I caught up, you know, like caught up oh. with some books Wow! and um, you know, did those things. And then along the way I was like, okay, I have this color therapy book sitting there and I just went right in sacred geometry is really working that, that, um, that medicine not only in my personal life, but also how I'm going to navigate those, that, that, the color frequency into my work, which I already have been doing. Right. Yeah. And so now really having a deeper understanding through having reading and like looking at these videos and just, just really delving into that, um, into that process as well. So now I'm working towards, uh, also getting certified as a color therapist, you know, and integrating that not only to be able to help others, um, through having sessions, but also integrating that, that knowledge uh, more deeply into my work and more intentional. And so that, that's how I've been kind of recreating, rearranging and sculpting my path into 2021. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. did I answer your question? <laughs> like, I don't know if I went off. No, can, that can you talk about the fact that we're all wearing yellow today? Oh my god, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> we're what yellow. does that mean? <laughs> okay, so yellow is happiness, energy, you know, the sun, right? The sun, it's it, uh, it brings out the the energy of the sun. How does it make you feel? How does the the sun make you feel? It makes you feel energized, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're emanating energy in this way. Um, it could be, and that's also associated with Oshun, the Orisha Oshun from the Yoruba diaspora, African diaspora. Um, it's, it's Oshun is also associated with sunflowers and honey and, mm -hmm. and yellow. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's abundance too, right? It's being optimistic. And it also stimulates the intellectual and the creativity. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think it's very befitting 
that we are all wearing yellow <laughs> and it wasn't uh, yellow and gold and I wasn't for me it was intentional mm -hmm. and I believe that for you it's also subliminally intentional you know what I mean so well, um, well you know it's in our minds it was it was definitely intentional because you know we were talking about okay so you know what we we're doing a show so what is our backdrop going to be? <laughs> what 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 are, what are, what colors are we going to wear? And we both were saying, you know, something vivid, something bright. And for me, I was going through different colors and and the gold just, you know, I'm attracted to the gold. And I was like, this feels good. This feels bright. This makes me happy. And this is a great beginning to mm -hmm. this, this podcast where we're, mm -hmm. you know, talking to other artivists and having these mm -hmm. great conversations. So it mm -hmm. was definitely um, an intentional, intentional thing to do. And so it's just, it's just crazy. Not crazy. Actually, it's just the universe telling us that we're on the right path. And like you said, when you're doing these things and you're following, you know, spirit, you're following that gut intuition, these things happen. And here we are <laughs> in different places in the world, <laughs> ending up yeah. wearing this color. Totally. <laughs> We're all in totally different time zones today and in different Totally different time zones. Yeah. That's right. Crazy. That's right. So like, so this is this is the energy and the frequency that I'm tapping into, and you are too. And and many artists have and have have uh, done it anyway, even without thinking about it or reading about it. We just just in yes. our in our in our vibratory frequencies. One of the color color frequency is actually a very high vibration, right? You know that's uh, the world. You know it's music and color. That, that mm -hmm. vibrates and makes makes its energy and we're all made out of the energy and so very parts of our bodies uh move with that energy right and like i love that purple you're wearing that's that's color for royalty that's a royalty mm -hmm. that's healing you know it's a dream state of healing and that's vision so you're wearing the right colors so it's i mean it's just meant to be that's that's how i see it you know and I, exactly. we didn't talk about it i know nope. you two probably did i don't know but I did, did you know, so, so it's, it's in the energy. So this is a good affirmation that you are on the right path. And exactly. I congratulate you both for putting the effort into making this happen. Yes. I I'm, I'm yes. very happy to have met Danny and this coming to fruition. Um, I, I want to think it's you, you said so many great things, um, just now and just thinking about everything you said one of the one of the things that I would like for people to know um, because you were talking about the books that you read um, you were talking about uh, you know the sustainability of being an artist uh, which involves you know having uh, you know like the funds to uh, sustain your livelihood you know once maybe you don't you don't, you're not creating work. But the interesting thing about that is that as artists, we continue to create work our entire lives. And someone was saying last night on a call I was on that artists are one of the only groups of people who we don't have a, 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 a age of retirement. We're always creating because it's just who we are. So we don't have a space, mm -hmm. space where we're just like, oh, okay, at 65, mm -hmm. I'm on retirement. You know what I mean? And I think that adds into... Uh, the ideas uh, surrounding funding for yourself as you get older and learning about that when you're a young artist and thinking about that 
you know, I've, I've known you for a while. And I was just thinking like, Lily is one of those artists who is really, has always been doing her thing. She's always been out there, you know, bringing in different revenue streams and figuring out how to create the sustainable livelihood. And so when I, when I think about that, then you talked about books. Um, I'm curious, you know, what are you reading and how is that influencing how you're building your business? And then I'll have a, a follow-up to that um, once you, once you uh, answer that question, that particular part. Okay, so, so, okay, can I, with the college log? So um, right now I, I'm taking a break from reading, but I am reading right now, or I do have a daily reading that I do recommend for artists. I don't know if you guys heard of Julia Cameron. She does the artist way. Yes. Uh, really good. So right now I bought her book on uh, abundance, uh, mm. prosperity, uh, daily prosperity um, affirmation. So I have that book in my, my altar space where I open it up every day. And I read, you know, and I read a passage. Um, those are the daily things. I also have, um, I have on the shelf, or, you know, because I have the to-do. I have all these, by the way. They're not decorations. I read pretty much all of them. Right. Okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's but I do, no, actually, it's all, it's all like a prop. It's all cardboard painting. It's not <laughs> actually, there's, there's, there's no pages. It's either my reference books or like books that I've actually read. These are all books that I've read. But I also yeah. have at home a bookshelf and I have books that I put like, these are the two, these are in line, right? I buy them and I'm like, okay, these are the next ones. Uh -huh. So why now mm -hmm. I am going to read God is Red uh, mm. by um, Deloria, I believe that's uh, his name. He's a, a Native American um, uh, author, author, uh, professor and really amazing um teacher and so he has this book he has a lot of them he's got something like custer is dead he's got some amazing books mm -hmm. but his books are really political and very um informative for anyone that lives in anywhere throughout the world but also if you're in, in living in the united states i think he's a very amazing um author definitely plan to read a lot of his other books i got it recommended from a friend of mine Marta Gonzalez, Raquel Gonzalez, she's a co-author editor of Voices of the Ancestors. She just put out a book with uh, different artists uh, talking about the spirituality and spiritual practices. You should get that book. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I think all she, of our listeners should get all of these books. And okay. it's pretty much uh -huh. all artists talking about the spiritual practices from from if they want to, you know, Latinx, Afro Latinx, you know, you, you, they even have a lot of like, they have a lot of the traditional stuff, but there's also the African diaspora that has been integrated into Latin America as well. So the different practices uh, of artists. So it's pretty much artists uh, wrote this book and it's, okay. yeah, get it. So yeah. that, and, and my art is in there, my little glyphs, you see it in the, oh. In the book, in the chapters, and then right now I have this book by uh, it's, uh, uh, reprogramming and transforming. I forgot the name of the title. Oh my God, he's gonna come. Is by <laughs> teacher Sadiki Bakari. He's an African culturalist and writer, and I got this book from him. And he is the and he um this is a more like a little small self help book, and so it's sort of you have to do writing. So that kind of book, I'm not 
reading it through fully what i'm doing is you know just writing the questions you know like mm -hmm. like what are the things that you know what are your obstacles or what are the things that you need to work mm -hmm. on you know it's just a self-help book it's real simple it's a uh, very metaphysical it's very cosmic it uses sacred geometry it talks about the ancestors and so those little kind of books kind of help me out because um I don't have a therapist so that I'm uh, doing my own self therapy. So that mm -hmm. helps me navigate and stay sane. And during these times, so it's just really a way for me to check in. So, yeah. So th those are the books right now that I'm, um, um, emerging in. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and I, and I obviously I ask that because I, I, I want to know, Danny wants to know, our listeners want to know. So they have some, some stuff that they can dig into. Uh, we can all dig into homework. as well. Exactly. And mm -hmm. just thinking about what we have to do for ourselves as artists and bringing up the, the ideas of, you know, not having a, a retirement plan um, mm -hmm. and, and knowing that, you know, we're working in what is called the gig economy for the most part um, and thinking about that and bringing up again how I feel like you know I've just seen you sustain and maintain and thrive over all of these years and mm -hmm. I think one of the main one of the main things for me um, as an arts equity advocate um, I look into different organizations that can help with those things as far as helping us understand how to plan for the future you know because we can do that we can create our retirement plans. You know, we can actually build these, um, uh, the information, this is an artist way as well, I believe, or maybe it's actually in just to get your shit together. Yes. Book, um, pretty about, much, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, about, yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's like, you know, estate planning. And for example, you know, how we can, working within this American, the U.S. economy, how can we actually create income from what we have brought in so that we don't have to struggle and worry about where we're going to live, how we're going to eat, how we're going to pay our medical bills, how we're going to travel to, you know, experience what we need to feed our creativity. And a couple of those places that I'm, I'm working with right now uh, and that I'm, I'm listening to and figuring out how do we as artists advocate for ourselves, one of them is wage working artists, greater economy, um, giving information and foundational points as to what we should charge, what our rates should be for what we're doing. And then another organization that is coming up and taking information from a document that was created in 1971 by Seth Seaglob, I believe that's how you pronounce that artist's name, um, which is about uh, having sustainable contracts for artists and how we actually uh, can receive the residuals for our work that's being sold again and again and again. And these are the type of resources that we have to use so that we can't establish this as the norm. Because right now the norm is to misuse artists and not to give us what we should be getting um, to have a thriving, sustainable livelihood economically. And those are things for me that are very important. Like I just, we, Danny and I were talking about this the other day. I just uh, purchased um, a life insurance policy. Within that life insurance policy, I have money that goes into mutual funds. And so 
that's one of my avenues to building a revenue stream so that when, you know, I get into, you know, my later stages of my life, uh, when I be, I'm an elder, I can dip into that. I also have been looking into estate planning, like how am I going to uh, ensure that my work is going to the proper people when I pass? Um, my mm-hmm. philanthropic work is going to the proper people when I pass, you know, because I don't want it to get into the wrong hands and I don't want my legacy, if I have kids or, you know, my family to not benefit from these people who are benefiting from my work. So contracts are very important. I think these are things that we have to consistently talk about to ensure that artists know we do have this in our hands, you know, and we can actually make sure that we are thriving and that our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are thriving from the works that we create. So, you know, just seeing you over the years sustain, I've always looked at you as a role model <laughs> in that. I'm serious. It's just been amazing. I remember you always saying, you know, get these prints made. You can sell these prints and you can sell them for this much. You could go to this place and sell them here and do this and do that. And just seeing you get your work out there in that way. So it's, it's always been inspirational and everything Lily has been in my life, just completely inspirational um, in how she works her magic. <laughs> yeah. So um, can, I, can I integrate something about that conversation? Yeah. 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 Um, first of all, yes, definitely all of that, you're <laughs> right on point and definitely that's something that... Um, many artists should tap into what I have learned throughout my lifetime. And it, I didn't always, wasn't always good with money. Um, and I tell you why, because I wasn't taught that, you know, as a young kid, you know, um, even though I was taught to make money because I come from a family of merchants, that's why probably I'm good at it. Um, you know, I sold in swap meets, you know, I did all kind of, you know, with my family in the mornings, you know, did all that. But what I did learn um, my, or when I was young, I would, and a young artist, I would say, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke. Finally, I cut that, that mm-hmm. artist, and I heard that from a lot of artists, from a lot of artists, um, and I've heard them, I hear them when I hear them, I'm broke, oh, I'm broke, I can't afford it. You know, all that negative language, first of all, has to go. Yes. It's like, like that. And I learned it. And it was so hard yeah. for me at first because I was used to saying it and I believed it. Yeah. I believed the mm-hmm. system was against me, which in many ways it is, but I kept perpetuating that energy, even by just language, right? Mm-hmm. Word is very mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's energy. So I kept, and I was, I was always freaking broke. I mean, there's times that I didn't have nothing and I cried on the sidewalk, you know, like mm-hmm. I couldn't get food stamps, you know, like I've been in really down and out situations where it's like I cried, you know, because I wanted to live the life that that I didn't choose but was meant to live, right? And mm. um, and so then um, I finally like worked on on not using that um, that language and correcting myself. Even to this day, I still correct myself with certain words, you know. And so then I was like, okay, so I worked on that. And then I still kept having issues. So even though I had some flow and things were happening, like what is going on with me and money? I get this money, things happen. And then I share it, of course. And then 
I'm in another roadblock and it's like, mm. what's going on with me and money, you know? Mm. And so I really started looking into that. So I ran into actually on KPFK, I heard this lady, I forgot her name, but she did a book and I recommend reading it. It's called The Soul of Money. And she also mm. has this an audio on YouTube. I put that damn video on replay like 20 times. I don't know how many times. <laughs> and like, I was like, I want to know how she's moving energy, how she's moving money. And it talks about philanthropy and all those things. So, and how money mm-hmm. works, right? So then I'm just, so I retapped into that, right? Into the cultural aspect of energy and money and abundance. So then I tapped into that and then I said, okay. And then I tapped into into like self-help videos of like how to do savings and it's they're not geared for artists they're just for mainstream workers right Mm -hmm. that have credit card debt and all this stuff right and so then i started tapping into these um life coaches money life coaching how to do budget savings and you know what i never did a fucking budget sheet until Mm. just like you know not too long ago, maybe like two or three years ago, like I started doing budget sheets, you know, like I'm like, okay, I have to do a budget sheet. And you know what? Visually it works. I'm an artist. I have to write things down. I have a manual artist, you know, I'm still old school cut and paste. I'll cut papers and like glue them. I swear. I'm not even like to wish <laughs> like that. Then, um, so I have to, I'm a manual person. So I had to write it down. So I wrote down, saw it. And I was like, okay, this is where I am. I am not being careful with my flow where I could use it at, you know, I could be more, um, not frugal, but more diligent in how I do that. And so when, say when like, I want to do a vacation, I'm going to do a vacation. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say, I have a budget or I'm doing that. Or I can't, I'm not going to buy that right now because it's not in my budget. Not that I can't afford it is that it's not in my budget because I have a plan. So once we start changing that and we start allocating the things like you said you did, you're doing your mutual funds, you allocate it in your budget to commit to that. And it's about commitment, you know, committing to yourself and your long-term goals. And that's Mm -hmm. uh, something that they don't teach us as artists. You know, we're wild, we're young, we want to be wild, we want to be creative, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) create, right? Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, let the world fucking go down. You know, have fun when the shit blows up. You know, like good old Jim Morrison, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, you know, that's how I lived my life for a long time. And I did make it. Mm-hmm. And I had abundance coming, but I didn't manage it as good as I should have, you know. And I made wrong decisions with contracts, you know, or I undersold myself, you know, because I was desperate, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing about in the United States, what I noticed is art is not as valued as much as where there's some communities or like Philadelphia, the mural capital now, and just San Francisco, there's certain little areas that do value the artists, you know, uh, but that's just very few. Um, we don't have cultural centers in every district of our society. In Mexico, you have a uh, like say a third world country like Mexico, they have El uh, Edificio de uh, Art, Bellas Artes, right? It's all dedicated to art and culture. I mean, in every municipio in Mexico, you have an old art and culture house or space mm-hmm. pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you live in Mexico mm-hmm. City. So yes, yeah. and so when I went to Mexico and I did these murals, boom, we put in the petition, they got, mm-hmm. I got scaffolds, mm-hmm. DJ, uh, media, mm-hmm. 
Uh, the students came in. We did. The, I mean, it was like it was on. There was no like questioning, like oh, how are you gonna do? Oh my God, we got this red tape. It wasn't as much red tape at all. It was just we did the proposals. We did the proper means, and it was done. And over, here, I was like, oh my God. And then I went to a casa de cultura. You know, like we don't have that. We don't. We don't value our art and our. Uh, arts and arts and culture like other countries do mm -hmm. and that's just in Mexico because I haven't been to other cultural spaces throughout the world which mm -hmm. I imagine is pretty much the same because in Mexico you also have a lot of um a lot of intercultural and transnational work with like say Germany Japan France and a lot of European countries and other countries that they also work with Latin America with like from Venezuela to Chile, Cuba and different um, different countries. They do integrative and international fellowships with artists and they have those kinds of things there. Over here is very limited. You have uh, certain fellowships through uh, what's that big one? National Endowment of the Arts, right? But it's very limited. Well, also, limited. exactly, because it's not for individuals either, the NEA. No, and, and then they're also for organizations, you know, so it's like, so this, there's a lot of red tape in our, our, our the way they view art is as um, indispensable, because now you have super graphics, now you have people doing stuff on computers, and so it, it, yeah. it's sort of even also replacing a lot of our work, yeah. too you know, and unfortunately that's happening too. So that also happened with the music, right? Um, so our platforms are being also hijacked with super graphics, even murals, right? Or even art as well. Yeah. People are like, oh, they're artists now with their graphic art. Okay, nothing with graphic artists. Mm. I think they have a talent too, but it's nothing like actual right. manual arts, right? Like working with your hands. Um, Wait, so real quick. Yeah, everyone thinks graphic. they're a graphic designer and photographer these days. Yeah, especially and my it, students. And I'm like, it's, it's annoying. It, yeah. it, it, it's pretty annoying, actually. But you said super graphics. Yes. Is it possible to define that for uh, our listeners for super graphics? Well, super graphics is like when they it's these big vinyl murals that are produced on and and um and pasted on walls, right? So now mm -hmm. you didn't have, you don't have the artists going up on scaffolds actually painting. You they just go, they go up on scaffolds, but they don't even do it. They're contracted by these contractors. They just, they just put glue on it and they just paste them up on the walls and they're cute and they're big, yeah. big murals. It's just, uh, those are super graphics. Okay. They don't even paste them on the wall. They just actually bungee them or something. Wow. Yeah. Lord. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that. So about these budgets related to that mm -hmm. budgets <laughs> yeah can budgets. i also put a can I, can I put a quick plug in yeah. i've actually been working with an organization it's a nonprofit based out of austin texas called artly world and they have an artist relief project right now and we've actually been providing free courses for any artists who've been impacted by the pandemic so that's like all artists right and free exactly. courses. And one of the courses that we've been providing i don't lead this one specifically but it's been on budgeting financial planning. Very so I strongly recommend that for our listeners. It's free. Membership is free. Everything is free. That's <laughs> so good. That's I've been, good. Yeah. I've been doing other workshops, but that one I strongly recommend to our listeners. Yeah. That's really good because the uh, California Arts Council here, they charge like, and I'm like, you should be doing this shit for I free. Know. Like, I know. Like it's, I, I don't and our even classes bother. are open. 
Okay, good. Thank yeah. you. We, I've had students from all over the world, actually, not just from in the United States. Like they are taught in English. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. basic concepts, no matter where you're at. Yeah. And so budget. Budget. These, yes. these damn budgets, like related to everything we're talking about. <laughs> and you just brought up LA and how they're like, oh, pay for yes. this. Pay for this. So what is you? what was the question? Uh, per, I want to start because we had a lot of questions about LA and budget cuts um, and budgets. So talking about Los Angeles, um, what was that question, Danny? The the one about Boyle Heights Angel. I want to know more about the Boyle Heights Angel because something actually I should have mentioned oh, earlier too. Really far, you also do you also do like costumes. You do jewelry. You do regalia. You do performances. It's not just murals and paintings, right? So I would love for you to talk about this piece because I think in my mind, this is the perfect example of artivism in action. Yes, yes. I So I do like, uh, uh, I do, you know, like I do costuming and I create a character or characters depending on what I'm feeling, right? Um, so this one I did, uh, I did a, a couple years ago the first one that I did the prototype was for a film I think I sent you that one the one with you see the American flag going down so it's for a video an artivist video um and it was definitely against imperialism but so I did this angel wings and then I recreated and I made it bigger for a Dia de los Muertos show called Ofrendas at Galeria del Nopal, Nopal Gallery in and uh, I think they were in uh, Echo Park area kind of Park. Oh, oh my god like the cactus like yeah, the, the cactus. cactus? Nopal, yeah, oh, okay. Nopal gallery. Okay, yeah. So um, oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna kill me. I gotta get it right. Anyway, so um <laughs> so like so like I did this 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 uh walkway, so it was the artist had to create a 3D, you know, like piece on, on the other little muertos, a carrying altar. So I made this piece and I during the brought the time my mom passed away in 2009. And so like, I just wanted to make a homage to migrants. So that was my initial intention for those wings. And so in the front of it, I did a canvas piece and I did an LA piece and it was dedicated to uh, my mother and to all the um, migrants that have migrated to, to the city of Los Angeles. So that one I did there. And so what I ended up doing is like, and then at one point it was at, exhibited at Mama's Hot Tamales in MacArthur Park. I left it there for a minute and she had it there when Boy and Man Books was open, I think, or a little bit after about that time. And then I ended up um, just storing it and just kind of just storing and using it here and there for some altars. And, and then I, um, this call out came out when they were doing budget cuts, um, art budget cuts for after school programming. And so I knew that city hall, they were having the, the, uh, they had it in the agenda. And so then I was like, I remember that day and real clearly it was early. I knew it was happening. Cause I had been notified, you know, the day before I was like, are you going to go? I'm like, I don't know. You know, like, like, you know, like, I don't know, I hope all these organizations, they're gonna go anyway, you know, I, I just work for them, you know? So then I, I I was just laying around and it's just like in the morning, I woke up early that day and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go. And then I thought, 
I think I'm going to go and I'm going to wear, wear this dress and I'm going to take some signs and I'm just going to just do it. And then I called my friend. I remember I called my friend Petal. She's one of the awesome graffiti artists from LA. Um, I called her and I said, what's up girl? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to wear this. I want to wear this dress. You want to come help me? You know, like I'm, I'm going to need help putting it on really fast in front of city hall. Cause I need to get in with this big ass wings. Right. So then we made a plan, you know, and so she came with me and it's just so I can help me slip it on real quick. We had a plan. I had it. I was all ready. And um, when the cops pulled up in front of City Hall, they, you know, oh. they walked up because you can't park there very long because it's so big. I couldn't walk with it for a long, you know, I could have, but like it would have been too hard. Right. Mm -hmm. So and I needed to get in. So then they pull in and they're like, hey, like, you know, you got and they're like, oh. and then right when they were going in to tell me to get out, they just saw my dress and the wings. And because I had the double doors, so they were kind of covering a little bit. And so then they saw, they're like, oh my God, so beautiful. Oh, we'll walk you in. And so I'm like, yeah. What? So they walked me in. Oh, wow. I was like, oh my God, I don't have my ID. Because you got to get an ID to go into the city hall and go into yeah. the meeting area. I didn't have my ID. They're <laughs> they like, just oh, don't Lord. have IDs. They're like, don't worry about it. And they even cleared out uh, an elevator. They escorted me up. Oh. Like, it was like, so I went in and then I didn't even, there was a big old line. I was like, oh my God, I'm late. I'm not going to be able to get in. And they just scurried me right in front of everybody. Like, I didn't have to do line, nothing. They opened the door and I go inside. And then, oh. and then it was just silence. All of a sudden, it was like, and then it just got silent. And then I go in there, like, oh, my God, like, I was on, you know, so then I go in and I stand and then my friends in there. One of my friends chose is there and a couple other friends were there. <coughs> Excuse me, artists that were there. And I see some people from different organizations because, you know, everyone, the arts organizations, you kind of know what's who's who or whatever, yeah. the directors <laughs> and, you know program executives or whatever so then i go in there and then i see one of my friends right and then he's like, hey what's up like are you gonna go up there and speak i'm like no i'm not gonna go up there and speak you're crazy lady sorry the speaking cards were already done right oh no they were gonna do the last of the speaking cards uh, no they were already done but this is what happened they were already done so they were closed so you could i couldn't go up there and speak if i wanted to but i did so what happened is one of my friends <laughs> One of my friends, one of my friends, and after they were doing, they were doing their motions and finally the art, you know, the budget cut came up and then one, and then you get to, they pick a certain amount of speakers to go up probably like four or five, or I forgot how many in that category, right? Or, and then um, my friend Yolanda Gonzalez had signed up to be a speaker and she, I saw her leave. She had to leave early, but I didn't know she was a speak. She signed up to speak. But I just saw her leave. She left, you know, because it was, you know, I don't know. She just left the room. Mm. I guess she probably thought it was too long. And I had seen her leave earlier. Then they called. Then her card came up, right? Yolanda <laughs> Gonzalez. Yolanda Gonzalez. And then my friend, I looked at go. Oh, he's like, you're Yolanda Gonzalez. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I said, kids or not, he even saw it. He, I looked at him, I said, and he thought the same thing. I'm like, I'm going, you know, I'm going to yes. be on the consultant, right? So then I looked at it and he's like, yeah. And then I kid you not, my wings kind of just kind of went forward because they moved, you know, and they just, went, <sighs> so then I just put, they pushed me forward. So I just started walking and I'm like, Yolanda Gonzalez is here. 
So ah. I went, I saw, so then I'm walking, right? I have my signs, you know, like, and the budget cut. I forgot what tunes I had. I had some, I had my signs that I made. And so then I, I went, I walked up as I walking, I swear, not a pin drop. I couldn't hear anybody. Like it was just got quiet. And I was going up and then I just went from my heart and I spoke from my heart and why they shouldn't like cut these programs, you know, very important. Of course, I wasn't getting paid to do that. And I didn't get the amount that I should deserve to get paid, but the kids didn't deserve to have these programs cut off because they're so vital in so many ways, you know, and especially underserved communities, you know, that I was working in and uh, that I grew up in. And I know what, how these programs help the kids, right? So I went up there and I spoke from my heart and I made the LA Times pretty much front page of the culture section. <laughs> and then we were like, oh my God, is that you? The next day, I didn't even know, it, you know. So then they put you, and then I know, they had put Yolanda Gonzalez. And then the 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 um, the LA Times writer came up to me and asked me, oh, did you verify I'm Yolanda Gonzalez? And I'm like, I'm not Yolanda Gonzalez. <laughs> but, but, but he made it right. He made yeah. it right in the in, in yeah. the actual article. He put my name. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what happened with that. Mm-hmm. So that's what we call interventionist work, right? That's uh, I'm also see myself as a guerrilla interventionist, artivist. Also, I've done many things like that. That's one of them. Wow, that's an amazing story. <laughs> can Can I read a quote from that article? Yeah, go for it. I don't even know from Danielle. There's a. They had interviewed another woman, Danielle Brazel, who. I don't know if she's still the executive director of the arts advocacy group, uh, arts in LA. Um, she might still be, I don't know, but she'd said in the article, this is the first time the arts community was able to mobilize in such an effective way, which I find funny because it sounds really spontaneous. <laughs> and then she said that the arts had locked arms and we were one community and that was extraordinary. And that's extraordinary. And yeah, so I was wondering, you know, the, it, this sounds so spontaneous where I, I had thought this was a really planned out attack. <laughs> I don't like to use that word attack, but like that this was a really planned out thing. Right. And that did you feel like ha- having it been so spontaneous, but it clearly all the energy was flowing the way it was supposed to be the do you feel like it was successful in the end? I feel it did. It made an impact because it made the front page. It like it made the front page of the culture section, which is and then they folded that page got folded in front of the, the actual newspaper, the LA Times. So it was I was right there with an angel wing on the podium in LA City, mm-hmm. you know. So it was very impactful in that way visually. Um, but also it was impactful that a lot of organizations were there, but I think also, I don't, I don't going to credit myself for that. Like, but I, of course it's everyone's work, um, the, the political work behind it and everyone unifying that one day, because everyone is always in competition to get that grant, you know? So they're right. all together. Right. Um, but I think also the visual impact was very impactful to make a decision. And I think that really, I feel that it did. And people told me that it did. And I, at first I wasn't accepting, accepting that, but you know what? I really, in retrospect, I really feel that also my presence in that way was very impactful, but, and I was surprised 
that a lot of artists or teaching artists were not there. There were some teaching artists, but not at the capacity that thought that they would have been there, right? Um, that should have been there. And if there was more artists like myself that showed up with their with their own artivism and their own creativity, it would have been like off the it would have been off the boat, you know what I mean? Went off she would have been mm -hmm. but yeah. but it did highlight it to tenfold. It really did. It mm -hmm. highlighted it, but it didn't mean that I did the work. But yes, it was really good that that happened and it happened spontaneously. And what can well, you know, like I can't, I don't know. That's how things happen sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That, I mean, that story was, that story was just amazing. Like I, I, I didn't even know that full story. So it was great to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. full story. I I wish they had given more in the LA Times. And but yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious to hear more about like what what were the decisions after that? And that was like back in 2010, right? So like what's been going on since then? Well, uh they took it off. They didn't do the cuts. They they moved it back and they just they just they didn't they didn't go through. It didn't go through. Oh, well, what about right now uh, in 2020, yeah. 2021? Because I know earlier you said that, you know, they're charging artists to take classes during this yeah, pandemic. Well, well, right now there's, uh, they cut all the residencies. People were already struggling with their organizations to raise funds. You know, every year these nonprofit art programs do fundraisers just to sustain, you know, as well. Um, so like, so they cut in a, it sort of became an opportunity for them to do that. And so they did, and they only have a handful of artists that they, they select or that they have. And those are the ones that are teaching online Zoom classes to their, their participants or constituencies that they were people that they serve, you know. But um, a lot of artists got cut off because now you could just have one artist doing five classes. You don't need to hire, you know, and, and rotate them because they're even traveling, you know. So it's like, they they have cut us off because one they also been struggling so yeah and and they supposedly said they're like this bill I don't know if you saw right before 2020 like in December or was it November um it was right before the year ended I remember, forgot what month it was um that the state of California passed x amount of money in the millions for our art and arts programming but i haven't seen anything yet the money might be finally in soon and that means there's probably going to be work but i'm not sure how that that's happening or how it's playing out as of now wow that's the 411 yeah. danny do you, do you mind if i i have a i have we we don't have that much time left at all um in the seconds really I know, sorry um no 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 what, what this has been just uh amazing, an amazing conversation. Um, and one of the things though, directly connected to what you were saying, Lily, uh, is about how the arts helps the children, especially within the underserved communities. And one of the other things that you said in that LA Times article was that art saved you. And I'm very curious as mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. moment in which you realized art saved your life, especially in understanding as a grown woman, how this helps children. What was that moment in which you, you realized that it, it saved your life? Wow. Um, 
Well, it started back in the day in, in mid-city, South Central Los Angeles. Um, I actually was being, I was taking the RTD, the Rough, Tough, and Dirty from <laughs> L.A. No, it's the MTA. But I, um, that was in 1985. Okay, mm. I'm going to be fitting. <laughs> and, but like in 1985, I was, I was taking the bus because my mom was like, you ain't going to go to no man yards. You're going to get bus. So I said, all right. <laughs> so then I took the bus. It was like an hour and a half, two hour ride to get there from Normandy all the way to Slauson, Florence or Gage, you know? So I take mm-hmm. those buses. I, I, you know, I rotate because I want to get I wanted the life experience of Los Angeles, right? <laughs> at that time. And at that time is when I started seeing like public art projects by graffiti crews. Mm. And of course, Lily joined in <laughs> in the fun. <laughs> I, I wasn't in no graffiti crew. I was just writing solo, but I would, you know, write with different people. And I just, I was very immersed. I got immersed in that culture. And that really helped to nourish my own creativity, which I already was doing as a young child, but it really let me see how people were doing and that's again was hip-hop graffiti graffiti culture at that time hip-hop you know culture which had also graffiti right and that's where the tagging and all that then i got out of hand then you had all these things that happened during that time then you had the 80s uh uh the crack pandemic and then you had the bad rams you know community. so it's a lot of like violence was happening too at the time so it was very uh influence in my life like that may not always a positive I got in trouble a lot and um but eventually I was able to get out of that that negative space through creativity and that was really nourishing my art later on and when I was like 19 years old where I said you know I really want to do this is what I'm gonna do I did not as a profession yet, but this is what I want to continue doing. But I knew that at that time that that's what saved me. Art saved me from the streets. Mm. And that's why I said that because it's from a real experience because yeah. I mean, I was going on G rides. I was like oh, doing shit. That, oh yeah. Oh yeah. When I was mm. like 16 to I was almost 19. Yeah. I was in, I was doing excellent in school. I was in drama, dance, I mean, I was like, I was in, in ASB government, you know, like, and people, people, I was writing in from South Central, people knew, hey, what's up, Chola, what's up, you know, don't get in trouble, but, but I was so, I was very, um, my academics were great, but everything else in my life at mm-hmm. home and the structure mm-hmm. wasn't, not that it was vital, my mom was excellent, but it was just the environment. I just immersed yeah. with it. I went with it. And I, so I kind of lived a double eclectic world, you know, cause I, I dabbled in many worlds through just riding the bus and bus culture, mm-hmm. you know, I met different people, you know, and I actually was, and that's why I'm grateful of how eclectic I had grown into in my own life you know Mm -hmm. so that's where my influence comes yeah so that's where the art saved me yeah well there was a drive-by in my house where Mm. where there was a drive-by was just guns were shot through my house it was like three neighborhoods right where i lived right Mm -hmm. and so one of the gunshots went through and my niece was laying down on the bottom in the living room watching tv luckily she was down there and not standing up or anyone in there, there would have mm, been, it would have mm, went right mm. through, right? 
Mm. So uh, that was the moment when, of course, my mom was like, we're out of here. And within a week, we're done. And I, I just decided then that I was just not going to put my family in danger. One, two, that I was going to immerse myself in the arts. And that's what I did. Man. Damn. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I, like, I mean, we, we, that, but yeah. we've talked about some things, but like, you know, you always learn about someone that you've known for a long time. And so just learning even more about just this beautiful person you are, this beautiful being that you are. I'm so blessed to know you. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. Thank you. Um, then thank you for sharing that too. Thank you for sharing that yeah. with all of us. I know our listeners are like, story is wow. really inspiring. Yeah, 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 it really is. Thank I, you. That's why I said sorry before. I'm sorry that we have to end the no, podcast. It's okay. it's okay. we, we might just have to have another round with Lily. Yes, I think so. You know what I'm so. saying? I think so, so yeah. you know, uh, we might have to do that. Um, Danny, we could do you... that when my new projects. We could do that. We'll okay. do that's what yeah, I was thinking because so... we didn't get a chance to really talk about what you're yeah. doing right now. So maybe we yeah. need to bring yeah, exactly. Back. Yeah. No. Yeah. We. This is this is how it goes, right? Again, I'm producing a planner organizer. So, that, see, yeah. So then, That'll okay. Be second part. So here, here that, uh-huh. here that audience. <laughs> we will be <laughs> returning. Okay, um, Danny, I. I, I wanted, I know we have, you know, we have a question to close out with. However, since mm-hmm. it's Black History Month, I need to ask this mm-hmm. question. Um, mm-hmm. Lily, you you did a painting, the MLK painting. I saw it oh, on Instagram. Yeah. Let me tour you, let me tour you, hold on. Yeah, please, let's let's see that because ah, it is Black History yeah, yeah. Month, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, if you if you could show that to us and just, just chat up just a little bit, just give us a little bit because people can uh, see it online as well, but um, it would be nice for the folks who are watching um, to mm-hmm, see that right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And the folks who are listening, please go online um, mm-hmm, and you know mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about where you can connect with Lily online a little bit later. But yes, Lily, please. Gosh, your space is huge. It's amazing. So nice. Oh, wait a minute, the ceiling. Oh my God. I just I love oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's lovely. Thank That's you so for this tour. Too. And there's so, MLK Jr. There it is. There we go. All right. So tell us, tell us what made you do that work. On that day so i did this piece this piece uh i did it last year for ML, mlk festival in lemmer park oh so okay i was hired by the council member marquise and his crew to actually do an installation and as the uh it was called something oh we are the future it was the mm. theme last year Mm. And so I did a 3D installation um, booth. I don't know if you saw it. It was really dope. I did cardboard cutouts. So I did this whole installation, interactive installation. And mm. then I did light painting on the side. So this was the piece I light painted last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 2020. And um, I didn't finish it. So I brought it here to finish it. But it's going to go to to the councilman and just for their office. It's gonna, oh, it's wow. Gonna can, can, can we get a close-up of it? Because I was looking at your technique with that and I was just like, it looks like the paint is floating off of the canvas, like just the, the colors. The, like it's, it's. I don't know, what, what what would that be considered? I see the shadows and the grays and the blacks and the whites, but it, it's, it's yeah, as if it's a, yeah, like it's like a puzzle piece almost like floating. That's right? What, yeah. I love it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
I just did it. That's a great answer. I don't know. I just it's a I, secret, y'all. You know I, I actually my whole thing was to make it move. And that's right? what it looks like. That's yeah. what it feels like. Like it's yeah. movement. There's movement, right? That's what it and, feels like. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. movement. Even though this is like, but even that looks like it's, you know, I don't know. I like I like it just it's just kind of like almost even like a study in many ways, but it's brought me back to my college days. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. yeah, man. Well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that with us. Thank you. During this Black History Month. <laughs> and this is the installation. So, so I'm dedicating every month to doing, well, every season, you know, to keeping going, just doing installations. Just changing it yeah, up. See, you that's know? why we gotta yeah, yeah. Lily, you coming back, okay. I just wanna let you know that, you know, say you already said okay, it's just it's just FYI, okay? <laughs> okay. Can you can you tell us where people can find you so they can keep up with your installations and all your work? Oh yeah, buy your uh, stuff. Like how can people I, buy your art? Yes, they can buy my art. I'm also at lilyfloorart.com, but I'm also at www uh page page.flow no page.flow <laughs> we'll put, put the link up <laughs> so that one and and that one you could you could um find me there and that has all my links i also have my docusign where you can sign up for my art and healing classes that i'm going to be um launching off this spring and also um and my youtube videos too i also uploaded some of my stuff there so whenever I get a chance, I, I when I'm working altars or whatever, I did live there already. So um, yeah, so you can find me there and also my Instagram, Lily Flow Art, or Facebook, Lily Flow Art, or Instagram, hashtag Lily Flow. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find me. Wham, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So Janet, can we ask our sparkly question now? Oh my God. Okay, <laughs> are you ready? Yes. Hold okay. up. Am I ready? Am I ready? Hold up. Not, not yet. Okay. Hold on. Okay. You do the countdown. All right. So on one, on one. Oh. Okay. On, on one. Okay. Ready? On one. So three, two, one. Bam. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we have a sparkly gem question for you. Okay. We, I say we do this every episode, but this is actually our first episode. So (laughs) you get to launch our our regular checkout question for our guests. We would like to ask our interviewees for a gem. You've already given us so many sparkly gems, so many different resources and suggestions. But what I'm wondering for our closeout, do you have a final suggestion, like a final gem? Maybe it's like a new technique or mythology that you think people should try. Whatever you. Think. I would say uh, helps me navigate as a, a creative individual. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. A gem. I see. I, I want to stand here because it has a gem. You see the gem. Yes. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> Holding yes. a gem. <laughs> and that's, that's just, right. that's, just that's, that's just amazing. That's just amazing right there. So. So that's a gem. So I want to share the just as you were saying, I want to be sparkly like you guys. So, um, so your background's way cooler than ours. Yeah. I would say, I would say to do, okay, you got me, you got me off guard, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say what something that I do as a practice, 
I've been doing um, chakra alignments with uh, sound, with sound bowls. And mm -hmm. so it only takes, you could Google them up. You could Google it. It's, it's called, uh, they have 10 minute ones because my attention span is very low when it comes to yoga, meditation and affirmations. So I do 10 minute videos of different things and create a, an actual playlist that's five to 10 minutes that you could do a quick check-in so that you ground yourself in uh, for your day. Uh, no matter what you're going to do. And I think that's a really important tool right now, especially during these times of uncertainty, anxiety, you know, worry, stress. It really helps to de-stress um, during these times so that we're able to have more of a clear mind and what, what we want to accomplish during the day and make it a successful day so that we start off in a good way. So I, I feel that that's a good gem for people to start their day with in general, no matter who you are. But as artists, it's a good thing because we get jammed up. Our mind just goes, keeps going, you know, and it's a good way to, to do that, to center ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's the gem. Thank I you. love it. Yes. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. So we've kind of set some yeah. high expectations for our next interviewees. Yeah, exactly. So That's many right. gems from Lily Floor. That's right. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Congratulations, Jack. Thank you very Jenny. much. Thank you. Congrats to you too, Lily Floor. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. So with that yes. said, we will we will, you know, have to close out this particular show. Uh, so don't cry, really, Janet. It's okay. I, I, I know. I was just, I'm, I'm just like you know the the unicorn and just the sparkles and the gems and stuff. I'm just this is just touching. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, and we yeah. will uh, yeah, be uh, asking you when you'll be available again. So, mm -hmm, um, please sure. enjoy the rest of your day in Los Angeles, and um, you know we will talk very soon. <laughs> yes we will take care all right have a good one and stay creative everybody yes stay creative especially during these times stay creative yes yes I yes yes all right lily see you later Alice. you're welcome Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Don't forget to find us on social media and to subscribe to our YouTube channel because that's how we know that you love us. <laughs> no, but seriously, subscribe so you'll always know when to reflect, recalibrate. Oh, also, don't forget to check out the notes to this podcast episode for links to all the resources we reference in this interview, as well as the music and sound effects we feature. We even include details about the fab apparel we're decking out. Don't be shy to hit us up with questions. <laughs>